been good to you. Somebody make a joyful noise. Come on, not a tired noise, not a weak noise, not a defeated noise, not a distracted noise, but somebody make a joyful noise. I dare you to do what the Bible said. And clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. said well Bishop I, I don't quite have a voice of triumph tonight because you don't know what I've been through this week and I don't quite have a voice of triumph because uh, you, you just don't know what it took for me to just be able to even be here tonight and, and you shouldn't be pushing me like this you ought to be glad I just showed up in the house uh, of the Lord but can I tell somebody tonight uh, that your declaration of God's goodness uh, is never predicated uh, on the kind of day you're having uh, what kind of challenge you're going through uh, as a matter of fact, uh, there's something prophetic uh, about a saint of God uh, that gets anointed uh, and understands uh, how to lift your voice uh, in the middle of your struggle, uh, in the middle of your sickness. Uh, I dare you to take 60 seconds uh, on this Tuesday night, uh, and I don't care what you're dealing with. Uh, shout uh, with a voice uh, of triumph in this What it done for me when I think about Jesus, how his face has been free. Can dance, 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 dance. Can dance, dance, y'all can dance. Come on. Number one, the writer had a revelation 
that sometimes the only key you need for victory is the revelation of getting back up. Keep getting back up. Sometimes fights are won just because you refuse to give up. Sometimes the victory's won just because you made up in your mind. I refuse to lay here and die. I refuse to lay here. Oh, somebody, you may have been down this week, but I feel some getting up. The second reason I love that verse is we often quote the verse from the perspective of somebody that's already down. But he wasn't talking about being down. He said, when I fall. In other words, I'm on my two feet right now. But I know that life is always going to bring opportunities where I'm going to stumble a little bit. And I already made up in my mind before I ever fall that when it happens, you can guarantee I'm going to get back up again. My God, the devil doesn't know what to do with a saint of God that's got to get back up. Spirit, I dare somebody to shout for the next 60 seconds and declare I'm getting up. I'm getting up. into the miracle press my way through the crowd press my way to his presence press my way into the miracle press my way into the break my god sometimes the only thing you need is to press my god y'all acting like it's sunday night in here tonight God, my God, you can be seated for just a few moments. 
Anybody grateful to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Come on, I'm going to ask one more time. Is there anybody grateful to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Amen. What an awesome presence of the Lord that we already feel in this sanctuary. I want to take just a moment to welcome all of our guests into the house of the Lord tonight. Would you help me one more time make some noise, Rock Church, for all of our guests that are here in the house. Come on, I need to borrow your hands and your voice tonight. Help me welcome all of our guests that are here. Amen. What a privilege and an honor it is to have you in the house of the Lord on tonight. It is so good uh, to have uh, a newer friend of mine, but a man that I've quickly grown to love and respect. It is so good to have Brother Chad Denham with us here all the way from Kansas City tonight. He was just here for Impact a couple of weeks ago, but we're so glad to have him in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So good to see him and uh, to all of the great faithful saints of God that are here tonight. I salute you and I honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. And uh, I, I want us to continue to pray for all of those that that uh, have been uh, affected by, by sickness and Many of them are uh, at home tonight. They, they have left this church and joined Bedside Baptist. <laughs> Some of y'all get that in about five minutes. So I want to say good evening to all the Bedside Baptist congregation tonight. Would you help me put your hands together? <laughs> Amen. We're praying for speedy recovery that everybody... I pray everybody's back in here by Sunday morning in Jesus' name. Amen. The devil is a liar. Amen. And, uh, and I see handfuls of people in the upper room tonight giving God the praise. Come on, shout out to the upper room tonight. Amen. And I am indeed grateful to be in the house of the Lord on this wonderful Tuesday night. And what a privilege it is to be in his presence. Amen. I wanted to share just a couple of things with you. Uh, I have been so excited, and I'm probably going to speak more to this in detail uh, in the next week or so. But uh, how many of you were able to allow God to be a blessing through you in our sacrificial giving towards our Impact International Youth Conference? Just throw your hand up in the air if you, you were able to let God use you to give. I'm going to tell you what we have received one text message, email, phone call, one after the other after the other of incredible breakthroughs and financial miracles that God has been blessing people with in this church. Amen. Raises on jobs, bonuses out of nowhere, promotions at work, unexpected benefits and blessings. How many of you know that uh, they said it earlier, but this is the best life living for God. This is the best life living for God. Amen. And, and we're so thankful for all that the Lord is doing. Amen. In that regard. And I, I want to say thank you to everybody who has uh, helped uh, purchase and support and promote um, our, our new music single, Undefeated. How many of you have been enjoying that song in your car and in your house and everywhere you go? Just a couple of weeks ago, the song was up at number four on the iTunes uh, Christian music charts. Amen. And just today, I got a, a message and a screenshot that uh, as of right now, we are in the top ten of the Billboard charts. Can y'all believe that? Apostolic anointed gospel music. Amen. And, uh, and then I got another, we got another phone call today. The church did a, a, a large church organization that is publishing some materials. And they wanted to use our song. They wanted to get publishing permission to use Undefeated as part of a curriculum they're about to release. And uh, so God's, God's using this thing. Amen. <laughs> Anybody excited about more to come of that, that kind of stuff? 
Amen. It's going to be amazing. I want us to stand to our feet all over this house as we prepare for the entrance of the word of the Lord. It is a privilege and an honor again tonight to have uh, back with us all the way from Catania, Sicily, in the country of Italy, evangelist extraordinaire, Franco Platania. Yeah. And uh, our little buddy Andrew was with us on Sunday. But then Brother David Platania flew in uh, yet, day before yesterday, flew in. We're so glad to have him in the house of the Lord with us tonight. And how many of you were absolutely blessed by the word of the Lord on Sunday morning from this great man of God? Nearer my God to thee. And if you were not here Sunday morning, you need to jump online immediately. Go to YouTube, Facebook, SoundCloud, wherever you can log in and, and listen to what the Lord had to say to this house. What a powerful word that God spoke in this place. And it is an honor to have him back with us again tonight. I came with expectation in my spirit concerning the word of the Lord tonight. Is there anybody else that came hungry for God to speak to you, for God to do a work in you? One more time, would you clap your hands and give God your best praise? Come on, we can do a little bit better than that. Let's give God our best praise as this man of God comes to deliver the word of the Lord to us tonight. Come on, Brother Platt. Oh, isn't Jesus good? Come on, let's love him just one more minute. What a mighty God. God, glory to God, glory to God. Sit down for just one minute and I'm going to get you back up. We're going to get right, dive right into the word of the Lord. But I want to take one moment since this is just a short deal. And uh, I'm always confused at the rock. I don't know if it's Wednesday. I don't know if it's Sunday. I don't know if we're in the conference. Because whenever I come, whether it's on a Tuesday or Sunday or it's the rhythm is always the same. Revival in the house. There's revival in the house. You know, I, I don't say much um, because sometimes people think just because I'm preaching for somebody, I have to say nice thing. Now, I've, I've been in the ministry almost 37, I don't know, I lost count years. So those days are over. I don't have to be cute to be back. I, I, it's been a long time now on the road, and I've been with you guys a long time. But I'm going to tell you one thing, Pastor Williams, there's no, there is no church that I haven't been. And I've been to larger, smaller, far away, uh, uh, European church, whatever, that has a rhythm like this rhythm. I just, there is no such a thing. There is a rhythm that is so unique in here. Revival church driven by the force of prayer, by the force of evangelism. And um, I, I, I was with you guys when you guys started. And in fact, I was driving on Fowler the dead, and I told my kids, that's what the church was, remember? And, um, and I was saying how far we have gone, you guys have gone, and what the Lord is doing is amazing. But no, I'm not surprised. <laughs> of course, I'm not surprised. And uh, I love Pastor Williams, his lovely wife, his family, and uh, I love you too. You're unlovable, but I love you anyway. Nah, just messing with you. Love you all. You're such a great people, and I appreciate all you do to bring this church to a new level. And, uh, and tonight, he, he almost preached the whole sermon. I was about to give him an altar call and just be done with it. It just, it, it just preached everything. But... You know, new level, new devils, right? You know that. But the, uh, uh, I appreciate the, the uh, uh, intense effort you put into supporting the work that this man um, and his vision have. And I'm telling you, just the beginning, just the beginning. You know, sometimes we think it's not in, uh, in, uh, in line with the timing. But the thing is this, God's timing is not our timing. And uh, we are more like, you know, fast and, and, and the microwave type of thing. We're gonna, we want everything 
But the Bible teaches us in the book of Genesis, the very first chapters, that God has got a process and progress, and it's all sequential. And uh, you cannot take you out there if he doesn't settle this part first, so you know that. And, uh, and God is creating a great, great church that is impacting our movement, and I'm just glad. I, I think I joked with you. I said one, it's going to be fun one day when the church is, is going to go everywhere in the world. And by the way, um, I just found out that uh, this service, actually the last service, was streamed while people in the country of Italy was watching it. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. They told me, hey, so you're streaming all over the world, and it's a good thing you got an Italian flag there so nobody dies. You got to have an Italian flag, never know. And uh, so streaming all over, and uh, one of my nephews, and I went to Rome and started the church. I said, this is the model of church. In fact, this was the only church I took him when I said, this is what you want to copy right here. And uh, get the exuberance, get the excitement, get the vision, and take it to Europe and just break the Pope's neck. Just, just, just do it. My, my, what a beautiful, what a beautiful atmosphere. Always so so awesome to be here. I'm glad to have my kids with me and Andrew and then Big David. I always love to have them with me. And even if they give me grief, I handle it the best I can. But it's good to have kids around. Praise God. I'm just playing, okay? All right. Let's go to the word of the Lord. I want to take you to John chapter 11, verse 43. Nothing new. I'm not going to give you a deep revelation tonight or anything. But I, I, I couldn't get away from this today. And uh, I had a couple of days ago, I thought maybe it was just, a, and I, I don't know who is this for. I don't know what this is going to, who is going to help, but I'm just going to do what I do best. And I try to uh, lean toward what I feel and um, no revelation in this. It's just a, maybe a confirmation or maybe a statement that will help you um, stay on course. Because I'm telling you, uh, there's nothing easy living for God. Um, you've got to have guts. You've got to have uh, training. You've got to you have your mind made up. That's it. Whether you like it or not, it's winter or not, it's summer, it's good, it's bad. This is it. This is who I am. This is what I am. All right, let's go to the word of the Lord. John, Pastor Williams, thank you again for having me. Always so so excited to be with you and your family. I love you very, very much. You know that I don't have to tell you. And uh, I'm trying to take him to Italy next year. I haven't talked to him yet. He's been so busy and I've been busy. But I, you just pray that God prays him through so he can come to Italy next year. i got to have him in Rome next year. But I'm going to talk to Sister Williams about it. Because Sister Williams, there's a lot of nice clothes in Italy. We'll talk about it. I hope it's already planned, and um, we start a European conference there. It's going to be in Rome this year, and I mean next year. And if this COVID doesn't doesn't stand in the way, I really hope your pastor can make it and uh, and his family. All right, we'll talk about that later. But and when he thus had spoken, verse forty-three, he cried with a loud voice, "Lazarus, come forth." So he spoke a word with a loud, loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. I want to talk to you very briefly about this very, uh, I want to give you a title and then I'm going to get into it. I'm going to dive into it. It's not your time yet. Turn to your neighbor, just tell me it's not your time yet. It's not my time and it's not your time. God bless you, you may be seated. How many are involved in the work of the Lord in this church? Could you raise your hands for a moment? Just keep an F, just keep them up. Oh, wow, a lot of those, okay. How many are foreseen to get involved in the work of the Lord in the future? Awesome, awesome. I see some hands. So I, I'm going to hear, I'm, I'm here to tell you this. If you are going to do something for God that 
makes a difference in your life and the lives of those you're going to be working with or for, uh, make sure you, you understand one thing. All hell will break loose on you. If you plan to make an impact, you know, my, 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 my website and my, my email is impact your world now. No tomorrow, no another day. I got to do it now while I have a little strength. I got to do it now while I got my sound mind. I got to do it now while I can. And because I don't know what tomorrow brings. I, I can't wait for my moods to get in place for me to do something for God. I'm going to have to work with God and for God when I feel it, when I don't feel it, when I want to quit, when I don't want to quit. I, don't, I can't rely on my emotions because they're like a swing up and down, up and down. I got to focus on what I know and not what I see. Because if I believe what I know, then I know I can do everything that I believe. I'm here to tell somebody in the house that if you plan to work with God, you, put a, you better put your seatbelt on because all hell is going to come against you. Don't, don't you even think for a moment that the Rock Church can make an impact in this city and in this region and in this state and in this country without facing adversity of all kinds. But go ahead and tell the devil and his mother-in-law, it doesn't matter how much you bring to me. On me, it's not my time and I'm coming out of this. I'm going to get to see this through. I'm going to get this done in the name of Jesus. There's going to be tension. There's going to be an, an intensity of, of, of attack. There's going to be, a, a, there are gonna be moments of, of pressure and challenges coming from everywhere. That's if you plan to do something. Now, if you don't plan to do anything, if you're not bothering the gates of hell, you won't feel a thing. I don't think, Pastor Williams, I had so many devils and issues unleashed on me. And I've been in this 35, 37 years. Never in my life I had to face all this messes I'm facing until I opened the church in Rome, Italy. When I decided to go back to home, back home, when I was born and raised, I said, we're going to start in church in Rome. All hell, all the commander-in-chief of hell came against me. And they're beating me left and right, in and out, swinging me one way and the other. But I'm here to tell you, it's not my time. I'm still here. I'm still loving God. I may be wobbling. I may be dragging my feet. But it's not my time yet. I may feel broken. I may feel hurt. I may feel down. But I'm still in the house of the Lord. And as long as I can breathe and say, Jesus, everything is going to be all right. You don't have to have a big trumpet. You don't have to have an orchestra to make the devil know that you're still around. Just say, Jesus. As long as you can still hear his voice. You might be dead and buried and stink for four days, but as long as you can still hear a voice, if you can still hear a voice, everything is going to be all right. You might be on the other side of death. You might be on the other side of your challenges. You might be on the other side of your defeats, but as long as you can hear a voice, You know, I know this in the Old Testament, the Bible says that the enemy was ready to attack the camp to, uh, that the Israelites were, were, were gathered at and, and they were just preparing for their own thing. Unknown to them on the mountains, there were the Philistines just preparing for the battle. And the Israelites didn't know it. They were ready to go down the valley and probably slaughter everybody. But suddenly... One of the commanders said, well, I hear a sound coming into the camp. And they could not know, they didn't know exactly what it was until they realized that what was coming into, their, into, into the Israel camp was the Ark of the Covenant. 
and the people starting, were starting to rejoice and, and they were excited about the presence of God. And it was then when the enemy realized, this is not a good time. You don't want to mess with the people of God when the presence of God is in their midst. That's why, that's why you got to understand why every time we get together on Tuesday or Sunday or praying somehow, some way, you got to make a sound of praise and worship because it's again another way to let the devil know this is not a good time for you to mess with me because I am in the presence of the Lord and the Lord is in us, with us, amongst us. That's why we worship and that's why we praise and that's why we shout and that's why we run and that's why we make a noise. That's why. Because our worship and our excitement is a signal, I'm still alive. See, Lazarus was a man of effectiveness. He was affecting his generation. He was used. He had a name of his own. He was so, he was so good that the Bible says even Jesus was one of his best friends. And even though he was close to Jesus, he was not spared by the toils of life or the, or the issues that, that you may have to face. Just living for God doesn't mean you are spared from having a flat or running out of gas or having a little collision. I hope you don't get yourself hurt. We are not spared by the events of life, but as long as you know that Jesus is with you, as long as you know that you're not driving alone, you're not walking alone, you're not facing everything on your own, then you know it's gonna be all right I just don't know what's happening on the other side of the stone. I just don't know what's going on around me, but I know this, somebody's coming. Somebody is coming. And the Bible says that he was called to come. You know the story. I don't have to explore all that passage in the Bible. See, he came a little too late to our, or, you know, according to our timing, he was late. But you know the story, you've heard that many times. God's timing is best. He's never late. He's never late. He doesn't have to worry about it. He, he can fix what we feel is unfixable after we, we, we can manage that anymore. Because God doesn't work in time. He works in eternity. He can, he can fix things that we don't have the ability to fix. And we say, well, if he would have come here a little earlier, this would have never happened. Well, just let God handle that part. Don't try to tell God how to do this. I tried many times and I don't get an answer. It's like, sit down, shut up, let me do my thing. That's pretty much all I hear. I try one thing, I tried another thing, I try another thing. The more I try, the more messes I make. And God said, can you just stand still and stand still and wait for this? Let me just handle what you can manage. You can't control this. You, 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 you're going to make more messes trying to fix it if, I, if you just let me come. Because, you know, you're trying to recover a rotten body that's been stinking for four days. And you're trying to, to make the best out of it. You can't touch what stinks. You can't touch what's rotten. Have you ever tried to fix things? I, I don't know about you. But when I pastor, before God delivered me from pastoring... You know, you, 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 you sit in your office and you hear these stories about couples and then old family, old kids. And while they're talking, they say, oh, God, what a mess. And they're hoping that I have an answer. Now, as a man, we as a man, we all men tend to always try to be the, the problem fixer. That's what men do. Let me handle this. I'll do this. That's the way we do. We, we are geared to do that. We are God's image. God was a performer. God was a provider. He was a protector. So, so are we. But there's some things. Let's pray about it. Because the more you try to fix it, the messier it gets. And I cannot fix your mess. I can't even fix mine, much less yours. And sometimes you just got to stay out. And just wait. I know it's a little late. I know it's not going to get here in time. I know I wish you guys could 
you know, fix this a little early. But just let's wait for that Jesus of Nazareth. He's on his way. Don't worry. I'm going to step back. And when he shows up, he's going to do his own thing. I don't have to mess this up. I don't have to. Sometimes your impatience creates more mess than you waiting on Jesus. Sometimes you just got to hold on. Keep on coming to church. Keep loving God. Keep doing what you know you must do. And let God fix And I tell one thing, if God couldn't fix it, then you, you couldn't fix it. <laughs> if God doesn't fix it, you couldn't have never fixed it. And so what's always so vibrant, what is what always influence, what always change, the, the changing agents are always the one that will be sought after. There's, there's always danger lurking for you because you, you, you want to make a difference. And if you want to make a difference, the devil will do whatever he must do to bring you down. Somehow, so if he cannot mess with you, he'll mess with your wife, with your husband, with your kids, and on and on. I mean, until he finds something that will hurt you. Have you ever wondered that all the, why the all, the, the temptation that you, we always get through, go through, are the very things that hurt us the most? He doesn't get on things I got, you know, control over, but there's some things he always hit that button right there. Why don't you tempt me on drugs and smoking? I'm good with that. You can get me on that one. I ain't smoking. You can smoke. You, I don't drink. But there's always something. Because he knows I got to bring you down, girl. I got to bring you down, man, because you're becoming too dangerous. You've been an influencer. You are reaching out. Pharisees are getting saved. You know, theologians are starting to think about your theology. I'm a little concerned about you, Lazarus. I got to do something. I got to do something to get you out of business. You got to understand the devices of your enemy. Don't be ignorant of what he does against you. It's all planned out. Oh, but it's not my time, devil. And I know no matter what happens, no matter what condition you're going to put me into, God. And so the Bible says, I'm almost done. And so the Bible says, well, Lazarus was put out. I mean, that was it. They, they, he, he got, he got his, his, his side and all of a sudden, boom, unexpectedly, he's, he's dead. And the Bible says, Jesus came four days later. You know the story. And uh, there was a stone placed on him, on the tomb where he stayed. You know, there's always, there are always obstacles between you and your and your access to Jesus, there's always something standing between you and what you really need to do. There's always something standing there. No matter what they do, no matter what they put or they place in front of you, no matter what kind of challenges, no matter what kind of temptation, you've got to understand that the power does not reside within you, but it's outside you. There's always a, a fact in the Bible that has always kind of caught my attention. It always took an outsider to save an insider. Because sometimes we cannot just get out from where we are. We just can't. I don't care how good you are. Sometimes you're stuck there. And I've learned sometimes when David was in, in the cave, you know, sucking his thumb and trying to feel sorry for himself. He took a, a preacher to get him out of this. What are you doing in the cave? Sometimes you need an outsider. You need a you need a Jesus walking into the pool of Bethesda and say, "There's nothing you can do about yourself, but let me get you out of here." Sometimes you need Jesus to walk into your messes and get you out. But I've also learned, I've also learned about Jesus. That's something you're gonna have to keep in mind. Sometimes. Jesus does not deliver you out of your messes. He doesn't. Sometimes he just walks into your messes and stays with you. To help you walk yourself throughout it. How do I know that? Because the four children, they were never delivered in the furnace. But Jesus stepped in. The three children were just, there was no deliverance coming. The, the, the Daniels and the lion's den, he didn't get them out. He said, let me just jump in. 
Sometimes you gotta, you gotta let God do what he wants to do with his teaching how to walk with him. And sometimes he doesn't pull you out of something because God wants you to understand what it means progressing and what process is all about. But don't worry about it. He'll sit there down with you. He said, don't worry about it. We're going to get through this. Don't just hang in here. Don't move. Don't, go, don't do anything stupid. Just hang in there. You're not going to burn. You're not going to die. The lions are not going to eat you. But sometimes, but sometimes when we are afraid, we want to fight the lions that's going to be stronger than us. We want to get out of the furnace and we can open the door and we make messes. And God said, oh, hold on, stand here, stand, stand still, stand still, you know, stand still, you know, stand still, don't move. Let, 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 I'm here with you, I'm here with you. And I, I believe Lazarus on the other side, dead, gone, people smelling the stink coming out of, can, can I just say something here? Don't let the stink confuse you. Sometimes I stink. That doesn't mean I don't take showers. That means I, I worked a lot and I haven't had time to take a shower. Sometimes we stink. We say things we shouldn't be saying and do things we shouldn't be doing. And sometimes we stink. We, we, we behave the way we shouldn't behave. Come on now, don't look at me like you. I'm a little angel. Sometimes your opinions stink. I'm going to go a little deeper now because I passed long enough to know. Sometimes your mouth stinks. We shouldn't say things. We shouldn't do things. And you stink. Just like your feet. They stink. I don't care. They stink. Because you keep your foot in the shoes 24 hours a day. It's going to stink. I don't care how cute your foot is. And your little thumb. It's going to stink. think devil make you think that I'm dead I may stink but I'm not dead I may stink but I know there is a Jesus on his way I may stink but God is gonna make it right I know I'm stinking but when God shows up he's gonna make me new and you won't smell what you used to smell before because when God calls upon his name, or my name, I'm going to come out alive, I'm going to come out well, and I'm going to come out new. I'm telling you, it's not my time yet, and it's not yours either. Stand with me. Stand with me. We all go through some things, and it's a good thing that we know how to wear the, the, the garments of joy. But behind a smile, there is a tragedy. Behind a smile, there is a struggle. And I thank God for people like you who show up on a tooth and jump and shout. Unknown to others that you're really facing things you don't even know how to face or resolve them on. Am I telling you the truth? Because I'm not the only one. We have learned to believe in what we know and not what we see. But we struggle with things. And the devil is, man, he's beating on you. He's beating on your marriage. He's beating on your children. He's beating on you, on your mind, on your mind. I mean, you don't know how many people I've met in Pentecost who are so afraid. Fear had just crept into our, you know, in some places and then in the lives of some people who shouldn't be afraid. But they are, you know, just overwhelmed by all these bad news and they get afraid. I know people that haven't walked out of the house. This is a true story. Six, seven months without getting out of the house. They didn't even go to their daughter's birthday. These are facts. Six, seven months locked up. You can come in and I'm not coming out. It's like there's a pestilence all over the world and we're all, I don't know. But fear can, I mean, fear can trick you so bad you will be, you'll be surprised. Oh, I'm going to go a little deeper now. Fear can keep you, you know what I'm going with this. From, it can keep you from being faithful. You know, I don't know if I preached it here, Randy, one time ago, but I preached about trained for this. How many remember the message? You know, I was in the military. I, I don't think I preached it here. I was in the, you know, special force. You get trained for warfare. And I'm thinking, all the fasting, all the praying, all the preaching, everything that we have heard, 
has helped us to prepare ourselves to the unknown, to distress, to warfare. And then this little thing comes around and people flip it. Shake it. No. I'm not saying that we must be ignorant of, of what happened. What I'm saying, we are really, really letting fear test our faithfulness. I'm, oh, I'm going to go a little deeper while I'm at it because it's not your time yet. I've got pastors who told me I'm trying to preach people out of their houses because all they do is just watch me on TV. I mean, on, on the screen. I said, I can't get them back to church. And it's been now months and months and months. They're getting so, the devil is a liar. And so is his mother-in-law. I'm going to tell you one thing. Ain't nothing, nothing that can compare to being in a service, feeling the presence of God. There is nothing like feeling the brotherly love. There is nothing like feeling the atmosphere filling the house. There is nothing like hearing the voice of God. There's nothing like nothing like it. So you've been beaten, you're behind the stone, you're trying to get, I can't. Oh, don't worry about it. Jesus is on his way. Because it's no your time yet. It's not your time. I told the devil, it's not my time yet. I mean, you really have to work a little harder than this. Now, he has worked pretty good, I got to say. I got to give him a little credit. He has worked pretty good. I mean, it's pretty good. But I'm still here. Not good enough. Because it's not your time yet. You're coming out of that tomb. You're coming out beyond, behind that stone. You, you're coming out. I don't care how much you stink, my brother. And I don't care how much you stink, my sister. You are about to hear the voice of God calling your name. And if you can... That's why. That's why it's so important that you come to the house of the Lord. Because one of these days, one of these days, an ordinary day, you're going to be sitting there and, and the preacher is going to preach and the pastor is going to address you and, and all of a sudden you're going to hear your name. Jimmy, Philip, Susie, Jennifer, Lucille, whoever you are, come out. And all of a sudden you realize that you're about to be loosed. You're about to break free from the very things that held you back. You go in and tell that your neighbor nearby, just tell, just look at them and just say, it's not my time and it's not yours either. I'm still going to fight. I'm still going to be here. I'm still going to live for God. I know I stink a little bit, but don't worry about it. It's going to be all right in a few days. I, I know I still struggle walking because I just got loosed. But before you know it, I'm going to be walking straight. Mushy, I'm a little funny because I've been tied up for four days, but just wait a little longer. I'm gonna be shouting, I'm gonna be praising, I'm gonna be come on, let's give God some praise. Hey, come on, though we slay me yet. Come on, somebody needs to rejoice. Somebody needs to get excited. I'm still here and I'm coming out. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. It's no your time. 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 Yeah, it's not your time. Come on, it's no your time. This is time to rejoice. This is time to praise the Lord. This is a time to say, God, thank you. I'm still okay. I'm still here. Thank you for rescuing me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for losing me. Thank you for enduring with me. Thank you for coming. I want you to grab somebody by the hand 
ladies with ladies, men with men, put your arm around it, just shout and praise the name of the Lord because we are still here. No matter what you're going through, greater is he that is in you than the one that is in the world. And even though the devil will rise, even when he rises, the flood, hey God, 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 God. I may be half dead, but I just gotta say this I just gotta say this and then we just shout to end this but I'm here to tell one thing there's one thing I never liked about the Bible never liked and I'm gonna have to question all the writers when I get to heaven you know when they told the story of the man the good Samaritan and the writer wrote I think I preached this here but when, when he wrote the story he said man that poor guy was beaten he was robbed and he was bleeding. He was a bad deal. And the Bible said it wasn't just one thief. There were thieves. I'm telling you, they come like a horde just, just to get as much as they can get out of They don't come by themselves. They bring friends. When the devil wants to destroy you, he brings anybody you can, you can even imagine. I mean, your, your ex-girlfriend is going to call you and accuse of something that you did when you were in kindergarten. Thieves, thieves, they need a lot of them to bring you down. You understand that? They can hurt you that easy. And then the Bible says, the Bible says, man, and he that was beaten, he was, you know, he was trashed and they stole the money out of him. I mean, they left him, the Bible says, and they left him half dead. That's what bothered me. You know, we talked about that. That half dead really bothered me. Exactly. We're going to have to rewrite the Bible. Because I wish the author would have said what you and I, you and I, you and I expect. And he was beaten. He was hurt. Things were stolen from him. Man, he was left on the ground like he was a mess. But I wish the author would have said, but he's still half alive. Because it's how you see life. Just like Pastor said a moment ago, the key, the revelation is if you can get up, because I know you took some things out of me, devil. I know you hurt me, devil. I know you did some damage, devil. But I'm still have half. I still have half left to finish the journey. I have half left. I'm still half alive. You took my joy, but you didn't took my faith. You took, you didn't take everything. You didn't take it. Come on, we need to shout and tell the devil, it's not my time yet. I still have something left inside. Come on. Come on. Rejoice over what's left. Rejoice over what was never stolen. You're gonna live to see it happen. 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 Come on, 
words of Jesus are this. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. I need somebody in the building right now to take a look at that thing that looks dead and begin to speak to it. I shall live and not die. You shall live and not die. Somebody open up your mouth and begin to prophesy. Begin to prophesy.